Dale Not Dale Podcast. What's up, Vaughn? We are on air. We are on air. You know what I was thinking? We got a comment on YouTube about, uh, from oh, not YouTube. It was from Instagram from our podcast hater, but but good friend. Our, yeah. Jeff Romack. We, uh, we love Jeffro Mac. Jeffro Mac is great, but Jeffro <laughs> Mac, I just have to let you know, Jeffro Mac, we're back. <laughs> Jeff hates it, <laughs> dude. Jeff started trolling me on like social media, and then I like snap back, like say stuff back to him, and now we just have like a friendship. We just talk, and uh, he's coming on the podcast. He's a big hater of yours, which I love. Uh, no, and I, <laughs> you know what? That's fine. Like honestly, it's easy. To hate on those that you're jealous of. That's it. Jeffrey is jealous of your inflection of we're back. Well, yes. He's jealous of the way I can I can be a I, I can be a baritone and I can be an alto. Hey, as much as he hates on us, he listens every week. So I gotta he, give Jeff a he, uh, gotta uh, give I gotta give him the shout out. Yeah. And him hearing his name, I hope he's pissed. Yeah. Well we've be outed him. The, gonna, the next th- episode we're saying his address. The thing is, is he doesn't understand how much I appreciate him. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Sometimes you gotta show love through, through even yeah. through uh, anger. I know, man. We're gonna love him through it. Yeah, we are. And we're gonna get him on the podcast, we're gonna talk about it. Like what's it like to be the Dale Not Dale internet troll yep. that loves us. So if you listened last week, we uh we survived the cartel. We did. I didn't have to shoot Vaughn. You didn't. And so uh this week, man, we got a guest on that I'm very pumped about. Um, one thing, so two, he's a cool dude. I've been following him for a little while now, about a year. But I heard about him on a little show called Joe Rogan Experience. Oh, Joe Rogan Experience. And we got him on our show, which is pretty awesome. I mean, pretty much we're kind of like the Joe Rogan experience. Same thing. Or the Del I mean we we share guests. The, we're the Delbro experience. Yes, absolutely. Delbro's coffee. Uh but the cool thing is like I said man, he uh he has a cookbook that came out I bought after hearing him on Joe Rogan. I I messaged him back and forth. He follows me. We've talked on there. Uh he's got some restaurants, got a Vaughn doesn't know much about him except what I sent. So Vaughn will be able to get some questions from a from a fresh set of eyes, which yeah. is cool. He does do something. I'm gonna te- I'm just gonna tease this. He does do something that you want to learn how to do. Uh, and he's a chef, so you're not gonna even kind of guess that. But so I'm excited to get him. I'll, I'll tee that up whenever he's on here, so he, we can talk about it. He wants to learn how to be an ice skater. He does. Oh <laughs> Triple man! Oh, I love that. So he's gonna be on. Uh, we got him. We got him on today. Uh, he's in L.A. We can't have him here. But uh, maybe one day we can meet in person, share some of his good food. Yes. But we're going to have Mr. Uh, Daniel Holzman, Chef Daniel Holzman. And Chef Daniel So Holzman. if you don't know the guy, make sure you check him out. He's got a book called Food IQ. Uh, I believe he's got, he may have wrote another book prior, but he's got that book. Super cool. And he's got some restaurants. He's got some restaurants where you can order some merch. He's got his he's got his pizza pizzeria in LA. He's got his meatball shops in New York where he's from, New York. And so it's cool, man. Do you have you ever known anybody that didn't like meatballs? No. Have you ever known anybody that didn't like pizza? No. I know of one kid who doesn't like pizza. Who's that? Well, I, I don't want to say her name. 
Nobody you know. Okay. But she don't like pizza? She doesn't like pizza, but she, she makes up for for being an incredibly good kid. Okay. So I, I look past it. I'm not a... Dude, I do like pizza. I don't haven't ate it in a while being on keto. Yeah. But I would go crush some pizza right now. Uh, I would, too. <laughs> I would, absolutely. So if we go to a place... You, you ever eat Bada Bing? Bada Bing's phenomenal. That's probably my favorite pizza place around here. As long as there's no pineapple on it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not about that life either. But... uh. Maybe we should ask Daniel about that. I don't know. Uh, we didn't, you know, we probably should ask him some stuff about pizza, but we'll see. We, we never know where this is going to go, but uh, we're excited to have him on. Dude, Is uh, he's got a following. He's been all over the place. He's had a lot of media coverage and then uh, been on Joe Rogan to promote his book, which is awesome. I mean, that's how I found him, and that's how he's going to be on here with us today. So Yeah. It's pretty neat. We need to see if he... Uh has good ranchers to live here. Dude, he's a chef. He's in LA. Maybe tough to get. I mean, the cost of grocery, like the cost of living over there is high. Yeah. So maybe him jumping on good ranchers using our code D pod. Yep. Save him 20 bucks one off his order. Mm-hmm. And then he can take advantage of the free bacon with his order. I mean, there's all kind of stuff he can give Good Ranchers. Yeah, and he Good Ranchers is inflation proof, so he doesn't have to worry about it that. It is, and it's American meat delivered. Yes, real American meat delivered. Yeah, the cool thing is if you like, if you want to know where your food's coming from, and you you want to know that it's coming from local ranches across the United States, mm-hmm. Good Ranchers is the place to get it from. Yeah, they do good cows. Good 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 cows, good fishes. Yeah, good fishies. Good chickens. Good chickens. Good porkies. Good pigs. <laughs> uh yeah. So good ranchers. I like I said, another shout out to them guys. They're our new show presenter. Uh this is the Dale Nidell podcast presented by Good Ranchers. Uh so we're excited, man. The much Mar- month the month of March is still in full effect so that means march meatness is still in full effect so make sure to check out good ranchers uh stay tuned for a good episode we're gonna have uh chef daniel holzman on man i'm excited i am too let's 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 get him in here let's get him let's get him from the lobby from the lobby into our studio and virtually we we will seat him let's see if we can cook up yeah Let's see what we can cook up. Little chef. I bet this thing's going to be fire. Dude, I like it. Yeah. Do you think he'll grill us? No. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. I like. I don't know any more food puns. I can't think of any, so I'm hungry. So let's get, let's, uh, let's get this episode started. All right. Let's get this, let's get, <laughs> let's get this episode started so All we right. can be cooking with grease. Let's do it. And now a quick word from our sponsor. March Meatness is here, and you can win over $2,000 of free meat with Good Ranchers this month. No, you're not dreaming. This is a real thing. All you have to do is head to goodranchers.com slash March and sign up today. When the time comes, you will fill out your March Meatness bracket, and if yours is the best, then you win free meat for a year from Good Ranchers. And their meat is 100% American, absolutely delicious, and steakhouse quality, so you want to win this. Vaughn, that's not where the month's madness ends, though. You can subscribe any day of this month and get free bacon for a year added to your order. Pick the box of 100% American meat you want, get free bacon, and if your bracket wins, it'll be free for the next year. If you don't win, you still get 24 ounces of bacon free with every order 
free shipping, and guaranteed 100% American meat delivered to your door. Sounds like a win-win to me. If you needed even more to push you over the edge, with our code DNDPOD, you can get an additional $20 off your first order. A chance to win $2,000 of free meat, free bacon, and $20 off. You need to head to GoodRanchers.com today, sign up and fill out your bracket, subscribe to claim the free bacon, and use our code DNDPOD for $20 off the best meat and seafood America has to offer today. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash March for your chance to win over $2,000 of delicious meat and seafood today and claim your free bacon as well. GoodRanchers.com and use the code DNDPOD at checkout. Uncle Dale LeVond with stories to unfold So sit back, relax, and behold We discussing life and all its ups and downs Tune in from your side of town Talking pop cultures, movies, and TV shows Giving the thoughts and much more This shit is style, clothes, and gadgets galore Keeping you entertained, you'll be begging for more Cause we gon' laugh and hey, maybe even crying But one thing's for sure, you'll be smiling Cause Uncle Dale and Vaughn are at your side So come along, join, and let's ride They bring the heat, and the guests are supreme They ain't just a duo What's up, Chef Daniel Holzman? Chef Daniel Holzman Did I say that right? I like the ring of that yeah, love the ring of that. Sounds great. That's what we've been calling you all week. Dude, are you He's excited working. to talk with Chef Daniel Holzman? I'm like, yeah. Well, hell yeah. CD, CDH is, is is popular, man. we got to talk to this guy. Who could? You hear us fine? Um, I hear you loud and clear. The two of you sound like you're in the room with me. It sounds like we're uh, sitting on the couch. Perfect. Drinking a cup of coffee or a beer. Some one of those two. Yeah, what? hey. We'll do it all, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Maybe four loco. Four loco. Dude. Are those you know those went illegal at one time in Texas? Yeah, there's they're illegal everywhere because they're just that's like <laughs> it's like a rebel vodka for kids. It's terrible. It's a, oh, I love it. I wish it was around. When, I, I wish in my early drinking days it was around because I would have got ripped. We were, we were drinking Everclear, oh, yeah. like real uh, degenerates. Yeah, well, it was like that, but like pure caffeine. I think it was like you know PCP. People were like tearing the doors off cop cars, <laughs> wiling out. <laughs> I do that. And I don't even drink or do drugs. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh, hey, man, what's an honor to have you? I I know we uh, we connected sometime last year, man. Actually, so for those who don't know, uh, your chef from East Coast. Now you're in the West Coast on a couple of restaurants. We'll get into that. Uh, I heard you on Rogan one morning. I've been listening to Rogan for years, and uh, one, I'm a big. I like to cook, so me and Vaughn both we we cook quite a bit. And so when I heard your episode, man, it was really I like hearing about it i instantly bought your book while i listened to it on amazon wow i appreciate that and so i bought it that morning uh drive i was like i drive like early for work i was driving bought it uh i think i got it the next day or something like that. that's why i tagged you when i got it and then that's whenever we kind of we connected from there and uh everything's it's been magic ever since then you know for us well, I really appreciate that. I, you know, like you, you spend all the time writing, writing a cookbook takes a lot of time. And um, if you do it right. And uh, I just never, ever thought anybody would ever cook for, you know, like the first time I wrote a cookbook, I was like, I got a, a I, there was a mushroom gravy recipe that did, that had like twice too much salt in it. And I got a couple of people messaged me right away. And I thought like, I never felt so good to make a mistake in my life. I was like, someone actually cooked this and figured it out. It was amazing. And then, uh, and then I, I promptly then, you know, 
We got a second edition if, out. If it would have tasted good, they're not going to say anything to you. Yeah. You know? Never hear a thing. <laughs> no, a thing. no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, the way you explained it was really cool. Uh, for those the, the book's called Food IQ, and I, I told Vaughn about it. I haven't showed him. But uh, the cool thing is the concept, man, it just taught you a lot. I read I read a lot of it, just the all the, the things about how to cook and do things a certain way. Uh, that was very intriguing to me. Because you learn a lot. I just feel like you spend, um, you as a chef, your kind of main job is teaching folks how to cook. And um, I don't know. Most cookbooks either assume you already know how to cook or um, they don't go deep enough into what's really going on so you don't actually understand the concept behind it. So like for, for, for my buddy Matt Rodbard and I wrote this cookbook book together and it came from like people constantly – you know, texting or emailing or calling me and saying, Hey, I got a piece of salmon. How should I cook it? And me thinking like, you know, all, all, all the cookbooks, I have a huge cookbook collection. All of, all the cookbooks I have kind of, they've got these amazing recipes in them, but you're kind of stuck on the recipe and you don't know what I can, what, 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 what I can change and, and how to kind of be more creative in the kitchen yourself. So the idea for us was let's try and write a little article that explains what's really going on and then have a recipe that really illustrates and gives some deeper understanding so that, you know, when you go in the supermarket and you're like, why are there three different types of olive oil, all different prices? I'm like, which one is good for what? Why, you know, is it worth it? You can really understand and then make choices for yourself so you don't have to like always rely on, although so many great, there's so many great resources out there. You can just kind of always just... You know, you got New York Times cooking. That's all you need. Never buy my book again. <laughs> uh, we're going to cancel that so everybody has to buy your book. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> no, like I said, that, that's the cool thing. Uh, there's so many nuances to cooking. And like I said, you got you break it down because like I said, you can, it's, I guess that is true. You don't think about people make cookbooks thinking that you know how to cook. But like yeah. my wife don't know how to cook. If she just took a cook, your recipe and tried to cook something, it'd be a disaster. <laughs> like I'm just, sorry for that. If, no, dude, I'm telling you. If the person that reached out to you about the salmon reached out to my wife, she would just say, "Oh, you just put it in the microwave for 45 seconds." <laughs> Microwave's great. 45 seconds sounds a little undercooked. Oh. I'd be concerned about that. I had some salt. But sushi, I mean, come on. Yeah, know? 100%. Warm sushi. Warmed up salmon. Warm yeah. sushi, yeah. No, for the winter. It's like a lobster <laughs> roll, but not cooked. Yeah, a little butter. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> yeah. so man, how, so how'd you get your start, man? Like I said, being like, I know some actual chefs as well. Uh, I've grew up. My mom and dad cooked, and they that they I was cooking at an early age. So like, kind of what what started you like on your your path, man? I think most of us in the in the restaurant industry, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a clear career path from the beginning. You know, you kind of find your way into a job that you fall in love with or, yeah. or you're not good at anything else. Um, and so it sticks for me as a young, like 13 years old, I was delivering pizza from pizzeria across the street and then working in, in kitchens as a delivery boy, working in restaurants as a delivery boy in New York city. And the guys in the kitchen, they were like, you know, tattoos and fire and they were cool and yeah. and i thought like i you know i want to hang out with those guys and i started working in the kitchen um and then a friend of mine her father was a maitre d of a fancy restaurant he saw me in the kitchen and was like you know i want to bring you in to meet the chef this french guy it's pretty great he was getting a haircut 
the French, they don't, they don't pronounce their H's. So he was getting an haircut. That's what he said. He was like, you're lucky I was getting an haircut because you are late. Like, yes. So sorry. But he gave me a job. And that was it. It stuck. People give you like, as a young person, you know, when you get, you get positive feedback, it feels, it's really strong. Yeah. Um, and I was working, you know, the, the idea that I was working and I was young and working in this fancy restaurant, people really, it was really, uh, it felt good. Felt good. Still does. Yeah, so kind of, I guess like you kind of got the respect from working in that restaurant. Yeah, and then, and I really didn't know what I was doing, you know, and you just kind of learn. I was learning the, you know, like memorizing, you know, like the the moves, but I didn't really put it all together for years and years. Um, but I stuck with it, and I tried to do some other things. Um, but there's something about the, you know, the kitchen's like a pirate ship. It's like. It's fun. You get to be yourself. Yeah. Um, it's fast, and you get to try. And, oh, you, you, there, there are just very few jobs where over and over and over again you get to, uh, you just get to complete a task. It's like I worked in an office, and I felt like I never did anything. Like nothing ever. I never saw yeah. anything actually get done. Yeah. And in the kitchen, I'm like, you know, you go in, you go to the walk-in, you get all the stuff, you chop it up, you cook it, you, you. You, you feed the people, you get the money, and then you, like, go home, you're tired. Yeah. You feel like you accomplished something, <laughs> and you're like, God. And if you messed up, you get to do it again. It's like every two minutes you get a new deadline to meet. It's kind of fun. I guess that's a good point because, like, I'm pretty ADD about everything I do, but in the kitchen, like, when we cooking, dude, it, it is. Like, I, I'm on task. It's probably because I love it, but I'm on task. And, like, yeah, with my regular work, I got, like, irons in the fire that it seemed like never get finished. But in the kitchen, <laughs> you got to finish. if You're gonna eat, you know. Especially you cook it for yourself. You are dri- you are driven in the uh, in the kitchen. You don't stop doing anything. It's the only time you're ever silent. It's a good thing. There's like some history. There was there's some history in in America that 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 started back in the 40s and 50s with World War II, and basically people stopped learning how to cook. And it wiped out like three generations of institutional knowledge, like our grandmas, our you know, our moms or the, we didn't learn how to cook. And if you don't have the people to learn from, it's a real, it's like a, this is a hands-on, you know, you don't, you, as we said, you don't learn how to cook from a cookbook. The internet helps because the videos can get you somewhere yeah. now. Yeah. But like, if you want to learn to cook, you have to learn from somebody. Right. And when all that is wiped out and, um, and there's no one to learn from, um, it puts us in a tough spot. And today more people want to cook than ever before. It's like now it's, it's really, it's, it's popular, but fewer people know how to cook. Um, it's challenging. It's such a great gift. You give yourself like you eat. So, you know, the, the last few years where everybody was stuck inside, no one was allowed to leave their house. All the restaurants were closed. You know, all my, everybody I knew was like miserable, um, food wise, particularly specifically and, uh, particularly. And I was like, you were living it up (laughs) oh my god my best friend uh was is a chef and he got stuck he was on he was traveling he got stuck in my house and we were just like you know we were like the corona isn't gonna get us but the the cardiac arrest is coming (laughs) (laughs) it's coming for us great way to go though (laughs) yeah i think that was a good thing for me like during covid dude i really was i was experimenting and cooking a lot uh just because i had time and i would just get things i was just trying to ton of new stuff because i had all day to do it you know so there's no time yeah. crunch from getting off of work and trying to cook you know if you just learn, i mean if someone just knew how to cut an onion for instance like just the smallest knife skills they go so far you know makes like a, a chore turns in you know you cook dinner for yourself it takes 20 minutes it's easy it's cheap it's 
it's delicious. It's, you know, healthy. It's all the stuff that you want it to be. Um, restaurants are expensive and it's challenging. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad for it. And, and I wish that I, um, I wish that more, you know, I wish more people would, would, uh, would, would, would be as passionate as I am. I'm into it. I like it. <laughs> the hardest part about cooking in my family is not the cooking part itself. It's the finding what to cook. I mean, we, we yeah. got a, a solid six hours into thinking what we're going to have for dinner. And then we end up door dashing. Yeah. <laughs> well, by that time you're, you're talking breakfast. Yeah. He's exactly. like it's three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. He's debating what to have for dinner. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and this guy doesn't drink. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> I, know. I, need, I guess I need to start again. I feel like, I, I feel like, you know, we talk actually a little bit about that in the cookbook, a little bit about how to like, you know, when I look at, um, a menu or look at the, what I've got in the refrigerator. There are certain things that just go together. And like, it's kind of like once you figure that out, everything falls into place. You know, there's certain ingredients that work well together and certain ingredients like olive oil and soy sauce don't go well together. You know, it may, it's like kind of obvious. Cause like one is from, yeah. um, you know, one part of the world, another, you know, and there is like a real simple, like if it grows together, goes together kind of uh -huh. mantra that works for the most part. But like, you know, if you don't know that olive oil and soy sauce don't don't work together, um, you can really you're off to a bad start. You know, you can really screw up, screw up whatever you're cooking. Um, so once you kind of understand that, it really narrows your choices down. You know, like you're like, OK, these are the this is the stuff I have or this is the stuff that looks good in the supermarket. So, you know, from there, I can kind of figure out what what my cho my choices are limited, more limited. Right. Yeah. So my daughter, uh, she's 12. She's in a culinary class at school, and the so which is which is cool. And then they, so they actually have a she like an executive chef. She was once an executive chef. Now she turned teacher. She's teaching them culinary, and so like she came in mid year from a teacher that was like wouldn't let them do anything in the kitchen. Just say, "Oh, you're gonna learn from the books." The new teacher came in. She's like, "Hey, books are out the window. We're gonna get to cooking." Uh, I mean, what, what would you recommend for young kids like wanting to get out there to learn? You know, what do you recommend for them? I mean, if you, if you, if for the, obviously if, if your parents are willing to cook with you, my mom, we, we cooked a lot together and my mom, um, she was an intrepid cook. She did not learn to cook from her mother. She taught herself and mostly it was just cooking dinner for and with us. And so, you know, if you're able to spend the time with your kids cooking, the best way to learn is, is obviously just just doing it right yeah. and i the the thing that i do recommend you know you joke about like you know putting your putting the salmon in the microwave and that's it but i feel like people overcomplicate things and then they and then they don't know what they did right or wrong because there are too many variables so like you know when someone says i got a piece of salmon to cook i say you know put some salt and put it in the oven like that's it you know olive oil salt in the oven now you you you're like you can either it could either be too greasy or not greasy enough too salty or not salty enough or overcooked or undercooked like pretty easy for anybody to figure one of those out yeah. but if you start adding multiple ingredients and then something goes wrong it's very hard to understand where we went wrong so i think especially with kids keep it super simple um and and they'll be surprised at how easy it is and then and then the reward goes you know does the rest right keeps them going what is the so in the in the restaurant industry, uh, you know, we talk about chef and a cook. Is there a defining difference between the two? 
So like, you know, I don't, I mean, it's not, I think people interchange a lot of the terminology and there's no like, you know, I'm sure there's a diff definition in Webster's, but you know, basically the chef is the, is the, like the, the band leader, the boss, the person that's, um, the, the conductor if it, as it were. And then the cooks are the phys are the people that are physically now, uh, if there's a really big kitchen, it might be a little easier to see because the chef is standing there, you know, doing quality control. The chef, um, generally is designing the menu and, and developing the actual dishes. And then the cooks are assembling and, and putting the, putting them together on a day-to-day -day basis. Right. So the chef is kind of the creative force, um, and the, the manager and then the cooks are the hourly workers, the okay. executing, people. executing the plan. Yeah. So they're the, yeah. so the chef is the creator and then the, the cooks are the people who follow the recipe. Yeah. There's like the Brigard system, which is the French kind of like system for the, you know, where you've got like, uh, you've got basically stations in the kitchen that do different, you know, whether it's like I'm the saute guy or the deep fry guy. And, and then you've got, you know, usually the person that's physically doing it. And then there'll be like a sous chef or a, like an underboss, you know, mm -hmm. middle management, yeah. <laughs> which is a bad job. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, paid less work harder. Um, and then, uh, and those, those folks are the kind of managing all the way up and the chef might be the, you know, and there's like a chef de cuisine who's the, the, the 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 like day to day working boss and then the executive chef whose name's on the menu makes the money and hopefully doesn't have to do too much. So yeah. I'm working on it, <laughs> getting there. Have you have you been on any uh, cooking shows yet? Like far as like you know, the food food channel thing like that. Yeah, food network. It's I did a bunch of, you know, so we opened this fan, this restaurant called Meatballs, Meatball Shop in New York years ago. I, my partner, Michael Chernow, and I, we, we opened this restaurant and it was really, really like popular, successful, kind of like cool restaurant. Um, and we got a lot of like attention from Food Network folks and we did a bunch of those shows and we did a lot of like late night TV, which was fun. Okay. Um, and I competed on some... Uh, I competed on some of the some of the Food Network shows, and I've done some judging. Um, you know, I was really into it. I really wanted that was like a that was like a real goal. It's a very it's a, such a cool thing to get to do. And then obviously it's great for the restaurants, but um, it really takes you away from the kitchen a lot. And this time around at the pizzeria, I've been like I opened this pizzeria a few years ago, and it's hard. I just said I'm not going to do anything that takes me away from being in the restaurant and getting to actually do the thing that I love doing. Yeah. You know, so I'm trying, I'm trying to do less of it, but, and also I'm not a great, I'm not a great, like fast challenge competitor. If you're like, you got 10 minutes, you know, fruit loops, sushi, make it. And I'm like, ah, it just doesn't work for me. Suck I, it, Bobby Flay. <laughs> I went on, oh my God, I, I went on Bobby, I went on beat Bobby Flay and I was really... I really I failed. I did not beat Bobby Flay. Oh, that was oh, oh yeah, yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah. ask you that, but I didn't know if you, if you had what, been oh, there. Yeah. So oh, what'd, no. you, what'd you have to cook? So the first time, listen, the first time around I go on beat Bobby Flay, I was a judge. And um, and uh, there was this, I don't know what he was making. He was making some, some it, was ta it was a taco challenge. And one dude made these Korean, these like Korean inspired tacos. And one guy made this like sweet tacos that were really did, did not taste very good at all. And, uh, and this other guy, I don't know. Either way, basically, and, and they had the, the sweet tacos that were really didn't taste that good. They had this pomegranate, pomegranate juice on them. It was like a pomegranate molasses thing. I was like, oh, this is terrible. Um, 
And then, uh, then they, you know, we go out, we go to like, we all confer and we all decide, you know, who's going to win, who's not the judges. And then the, we're supposed to say it in front of the competitors and they all show up in front of us. And lo and behold, there's a Korean dude or like, you know, who did the Korean, who I'm like, I said, well, that guy did the Korean dog. The other guy was like, and then, and then there's Bobby Flay and he's standing there and his, his hands are dyed red. Oh, Man, man, I've just and I and you know before they like interview, they talk, and I've just been trashing these tacos. I'm like, this is it, amateur garbage, embarrassing. Oh, I was like, and there's Bobby Flay, and I'm like, ooh. And you got to understand that first of all, Bobby Flay is like the nicest guy in the world. Second yeah. of all, he's hyper talented. Like, there's a lot of culinary people on the on the TV that are like, you know, good TV More personalities, but aren't yeah. great cooks. Yeah. He's a super talented chef. And an extraordinarily nice guy. And I just trashed him. <laughs> so like, oh, this is terrible. And then like a couple a couple weeks after the episode, I get a call that's like, you want to compete? And I'm like, oh, okay. Now, yeah. <laughs> and he just, he just crushed me. He just crushed me. <laughs> what, like, I deserve it. I deserve it. I deserve it. What, deserve what it. dish did he beat you with? Sweet tacos. Um, I, it was a cod. It was a cod. Yeah, sweet tacos. <laughs> Pomegranate tacos. It was a cod. I had to cook some kind of piece of cod, and I think they said I didn't put enough salt, or I don't know. I just, um, I'm not a great. <laughs> I'm I'm great at talking trash. Not a great competitor. Oh man, <laughs> I'll tell you how to do it, but when I can. Yeah. How stressful are those shows? I mean, is it that uh, time crunch like a show? I mean, I, hey, I I've been on reality TV. I know there's some stuff that's it's made for yeah. TV. Yeah. How, how how much is the how much is the dramatics on the cooking shows, you know? If it shows 45 minutes, how many minutes do you really have? I know. I think that they do a good job of that. You know, obviously, there are lots of... I've been on a few of them and I've been part of a lot of those. And so, like, some of them are, are a little bit more serious than others. But, like, if you go and, and you're part of the, like, you know, uh, Top Chef and, like, you go see what they're doing, like, they're doing it uh, by the book and it's a real competition. Yeah. People take it seriously. You know, uh, I think you can kind of tell when... when um, when you see the tone of the show, some are more humorous and loose, but the, the serious shows are pretty serious. They, they, yeah. And I think there's some rules with that stuff. Like if you're going to give out prizes to folks, you can't mess around too much. Right. Cause there's like competition involved. Didn't yeah. that guy in the that game show guy go, go to jail for that or something? Probably, probably. Oh, the one on the Netflix? That guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Price is Right. The Price is Right guy. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't yeah. Bob Barker. I love that guy. No. no. He's no the, the, the guy, the long, the guy long, the Price is Right. It was Quiz Show. The name, the name oh, of it was Quiz Show. Quiz yeah, show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that was a good documentary. <laughs> yeah. Um, So, Bobby Flay wiped the floor with you. Yeah. What a great guy. Um, yeah, I, 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 I thought I, he... Yeah, I don't know. I wound up sending him an email being like, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. He sent me such a lovely message back. He was like, you know, as a as a person, you know, in the media, sometimes people, you know, get down on you. And I, just, I was like, oh, my God, this guy thinks I'm such a jackass. It's all good. I mean, the pomegranate in the tacos, I will say that if, the, if you did that in the state of Texas... Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it's your last That's time it. You're not, you don't come back. back. No, like, no, nah, you'll nah. never come back. So the meatball... Meatball shop, you have a few locations. Are, are you inside a few locations? That's what I read about, like in Hell's yeah, Kitchen. Yeah, we got a couple locations in New York. We got a Hell's Kitchen on Breeze. We we had a bunch more. We closed a couple during the during COVID. It was a New York New York got resized. Yeah, <laughs> we were like, all right, everything changes around. We had a bunch of them, but we, we've got two shops in the city, and um, they're great, man. It's a it's a it's a fun it's a fun place to. We started that restaurant because we wanted to have a place that was fun to work in, and that you know. Working in fancy restaurants is awesome. You work with amazing ingredients and inspiring people. 
But like your friends and family can't afford to eat there. And, yeah. and so like at the time when we were opening the meatball shop, there were great restaurants that were expensive and not great place to work. Or there were like cheap restaurants that were fun to work in, but weren't really great. And our thought was like, why can't we put the same like ingredients and quality and energy into making food that is, you know, more accessible for the masses. For us. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a, uh, I've got a famous meatball recipe as well, man. What do you got? It's my, it's mine. Uncle Dale's Tell famous me about it. meatballs. I have, to, uh, I, have to, I have to send you the link to it. Yeah. I, I've always made meatballs and, uh, and so my sister-in-law that's, that's, that had the quintuplets from the TV show, she, she had a, she has a blog. And so one day people would always ask about my meatballs. So, uh, I put together my, like she can't, I said, I don't know. I, I don't measure stuff. Like I have a way I do my thing, the way I cook. And so she sat there with me and watched me cook it, and she made it. She made a like ingredients list and kind of how I did it. And so, uh, but I got friends that text me. I have cust- like fans of the show that messaged me, say they they use my recipe and they liked it. So it's pretty cool. I gotta try. I gotta try the recipe. That's yeah. exciting. It's wagyu That's exciting meatballs, me. right? I well, I've been using wagyu lately, just because it's I get it. Where do you get the wagyu? What's your What's that all about? From a cow. <laughs> no, just it's just, just a local meat market over here. Nothing, nothing crazy. You it's get just... a good look at a T-bone steak <laughs> putting your head. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, I've, I've always cooked, man. I, I, I enjoy it. Uh, hell, I think that's the me and my mom. Most of my, me and my mom's conversations these days, as getting older, is like, hey, she's like, guess what I cooked? And she'll tell me stuff she's experimented or tried and vice versa uh so that's that's pretty neat i mean that really that's what that's what are i guess getting about to be 40 that's the things you get excited about you know that's nice the better than my father he passed passed away said his birthday's coming up but um he would uh i would have to hear about the golf game i'll tell you what i'm a golfer too i I, you know like hearing about the the like the the left hook on the the (laughs) Third par five or whatever didn't yeah. really do it for me. I'd rather talk about cooking with mom. I cook while golfing, actually. Do you, yeah, yeah. I have a George along? Foreman grill that look uh, goes into I like a, that. goes into a golf cart. Those things are actually kind of good. The Ronco rotisserie, that thing is oh, great. Yeah. There's like a bunch of those weird gimmicky kind of like ridiculous, you know, like tools that actually work really well. And the, the George Foreman grill, that guy was, he was yeah, it works. It was pretty successful, like wildly successful, actually. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that, man, they makes a hell of a panini. Yeah, those are my. Uh, what's your, so? What's your favorite cooking? Like, what's your weirdest? I guess you use the air fryer in your kitchen. You're I don't. Those? So I don't use an air fryer, but I did use a um, uh, one of those instant pots a lot. I, I was I, okay. I like I, I got one of those for free, and I started playing with it to try and learn how it works. And there they there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with those. Um, but I'm like a grill over fire guy. You know, I got a yeah, big grill yeah. in my backyard. I've got a really sick grill. It's like I, I built the thing. I, I got I, it's it's insane. That's another yeah. question I was going to ask you because I, I so I heard on Rogan one. I want to talk about how you cook your steaks. He cooks them like straight on the fire, like on the on the on the coals on the coals. Okay, but then also. So Vaughn's an expiring welder, and I know you're a welder, really? and he builds barbecue pits. And so, uh, really? yeah. And so I, I remember you were telling the story about all this scrap, all this metal you bought to build. And, and to I mean, you, still, I'm sitting in my house right now. If you look outside, I just got like a pile of rusting, you know, steel. <laughs> I'm building all kinds of little, but I do have some, I have some, uh, some uh, I've been playing with some like little stainless steel gadgets for, for, for cooking specific stuff. Like, you know, make a little asparagus basket, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, that's, for me, welding was like the coolest thing in the entire world. 
I thought that people that could melt steel and put them, put it together was like something I always wanted to do. And I didn't realize that the actual melting the steel together is only like two minutes of the time. Yeah. And most of the time is like cutting and grinding and sanding and cleaning, yeah. which the, is you un, know, the unsexy part. Cleaning off yeah. the welds. <laughs> Yeah. Like everything else in the, in the, in the world, but um, but I'm still into it. I've got a, I've got a little TIG set up in my garage, and I uh, I um, and I just got myself a plasma cutter. So are you self taught? That's, that's very exciting. Yeah, no, I I I, I um. I hired a I hired an instructor two years ago. So I I welded for years. I I taught myself how to weld, and then um, a couple years ago. I, I gave myself a Christmas present. I hired a welding instructor to spend a day with me. Um, and that, I learned so much. I mean, I advanced so much further and faster than I would have ever gotten on my own, you know. It really helped. And it was like, you know, it wasn't like the most expensive thing I've ever done. You can get a daily rated welding instructor off the I know, that's So here's what, here's what I did. I called up... Um, I had a guy, there was a guy that was working, working on one of my restaurants. He was building a, um, he was building a glass storefront for me and I got to talking to him and he is an instructor at the college. He teaches the certification classes. And I was like, Hey man, I've always wanted. And he was like, Oh, well, why don't you come down to the shop and uh, spend a day with me and I'll, and I'll spend the day with you. And we came up with a price. And so I don't think you can get it on the internet, but I'm sure if you called around to a couple of you know, welding shops, you could find someone to spend the day with you. Extra cash. Yeah. I'd probably take it. Yeah. That's what I did. I'm, my, my aspirations to become, sim, I want to be a semi-knowledgeable in welding. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not ever going to be one of those professional welders by any means, but my, all my training comes from YouTube. Uh, YouTube works. The only thing that I always run into the trouble with is like being able to tell the temperature of what's going on, you know, from the videos or from books. That's where it all all breaks down. Like, you know, getting the actual voltage right or getting the getting the you know the size of the uh, arc right or whatever. All those like the little nuances of the stuff that I couldn't figure out when that's what he helped me with. Like, oh, and it was literally like, oh, you got you know, throw it up fifty volt fifty volts and. Um, and hold the, you know, hold the arc a little bit closer and all of a sudden it starts working and you're like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. I guess I don't know how to do any of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but I can put so, two pieces so of metal together. Do you make pits to sell or you just made it for yourself or how do you? No, I make them, I make it just for myself. Man. Okay. I, 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 you know. A couple of people told me I should I should start to make these these barbecues for folks, but it's you know that's that's it's a it's like I'm an amateur guy. I mean, there are people that are making amazing yeah. Yeah. grill setups that are professionals, and like you know, it's kind of, that would be like saying, oh man, that my 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 uncle makes great muffins. He should open a bakery. It's like <laughs> no, he should not open a bakery. <laughs> See, speaking of that's, I'm glad you brought that point up, Mond, about the muffins. Uh, so the failure rate in the restaurant industry is extremely high. Um, what are the biggest contributing factors of it? Is it, it it's obviously, I don't think it's going to be taste. I think it would be something outlying, but what is it? What, what contributes to the failure rate of them for the most part? I think that, I think the problem is that people that get into restaurants don't really know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and they just don't realize that 
you know, they think about like three of, of, of 20 things that are important. And so they're like, they know how to cook well, or, you know, but being a, opening a restaurant is, is cash and I mean, it's a really expensive, um, and there are a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of equipment. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of government and regulatory agencies oversight. You know, you got to deal with, um, you, you got to, it, it's not just cooking, you know, it's like, I love to cook. So I cook for my family, but if I want to actually sell my food to people and get them to show up, yeah. there's the marketing of it. I, I, the number one reason is just undercapitalization, but that's like the reason every business goes under, but it's like, that's not the reason it went under is it ran out of money. So they never had enough money. But, you know, the other reasons are why did they run out of money? Because the customers didn't show up or because they didn't price their food correctly. Um, it's a tough, I didn't think it was a tough business. Everybody tells you the restaurant business, that's a tough business. I never really knew what that meant um, until you try and have more than one. And you realize it's, it's, you know, one restaurant, if you're there working there and it's for you to make a living, um, it's not impossible. But if you want to have multiple restaurants or you want to make enough money to hire somebody that's good enough to manage it, um, or if you want to make enough money to borrow money from investors and then pay them back, that can be, that's challenging, man. It's challenging, you know? Wow. Yeah. I, I figure that's what it, it's expensive to open it up. And <clears throat> yeah, you're, you're right. A lot of, a lot of business, most of them, they do undercapitalize how much they think yeah. it's going to be. And good cooks doesn't make a, a, a great business person. I just walked through a restaurant in, um, you know, that we're looking at for a second pizzeria out here. And it was like, it's like, you know, 400 grand to open, to do the construction is the construction. So that's like not, you know, you're like, okay, well I can, I can bring that together, but there's almost five or $600,000 in other costs. So it's like <sighs> the actual build. So people are like, oh, it's going to cost me 500 grand to open. You're like, yeah, but there's another hundred percent of that. Another 500 grand to you know, opening capital and training and opening inventory and all the other stuff that you need, you know, the legal fees, like, you know, you, there's just, there's just, there's so many different, you know, nuanced kind of like industries involved in like, you know, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> just like negotiating the lease with the landlord, you know, you can get, so you can, you can open your restaurant, you can do everything right. I've got friends that have done that. And then, you know, their lease wasn't, wasn't wasn't good and they get kicked out it's just tough God. it's tough business yeah. so what would you open so you got danny boy's uh famous original pizza in la now right That's, yep so uh you you opened that during 2020 right yeah i opened that um a couple years ago the worst possible time to open a restaurant <laughs> but uh, to my <laughs> to my credit i did pick the worst possible location to yeah. go along with that. Yeah. <laughs> we open, we open in like an office park at the base of this giant office building. That's you can't get to it. It's inaccessible. So it's like it's a it's a the it's a it's a like a food court, but no one else opened. Everybody else was like zero chance we're opening. Um, so I opened in there, and uh, you couldn't get into it. I mean, they the city closed the closed it you know you couldn't even get inside so oh, i was yeah. literally just uh <laughs> we were like i was like oh i got no customers um and there's no <laughs> way for me to get a customer and it's not even street facing it's on the inside of like of the block so you can't even like uh, see it from the street so there's no way to even know it's there. Don't even know it's there <laughs> yeah but um 
And all the reasons that it was such a great location, like, oh, right down the block from the museum and this and that. I was like, well, the museum's closed. Um, but, you know, it's it, like it got there. It's amazing. People, man, it was, a, it was a heavy lift, but it got there. It's busy now. It's fun. So in your pizza restaurant, it's all New York style, right? Yeah, the pizza that I grew up eating that I loved, you know, from the, like 90s New York yeah. style pizzeria. So I, uh, you know, I, I travel frequently. Uh, I'm a huge fan of New York style pizza. Um, did go to Chicago, did try it. I, I'm just not on board with it. Didn't like it. It's just too much. It's too much. I mean, it's. I, too I always much. tell people when they go to. I, so I, I love Pequot's. That's like my, my Chicago spot. I, I think it's spectacular pizza. But I tell everybody um, wait till the end of the trip because it's like. You get a. I'm, I just got heartburn when I said that word. I was yeah. like Pequot. I was like, oh, <laughs> like I feel fat. Um, it's delicious, but it is a gut bomb, man. It's got to be. It's got to be the last meal you eat before you go home. Yeah. If you eat that first, it'll ruin your whole trip. Ugh. Oh, it's yeah. Nothing but cheese. And I never had it. Dough. It's just like thick. It's a. It's a pie. It's yeah, a cheese it's a pie. pie. It's a pie. That's it's exactly a cheese pie. It it's for real. Yeah, New York style pizza is definitely my thing. I, I love New York style pizza. Uh, With onions and jalapenos. Yep. So, so you're looking to open a second location for Danny Boys? Yeah, we're looking at it. I've been, you know, man, when we, I opened the meatballs in New York and, and I was kind of like young and excited about it. I was like, we're going to be billionaires. We're going to have a hundred restaurants. And I kind of lost sight of the reason that I loved working in the restaurant and what I wanted to be doing. And I thought I was kind of playing business guy. And I don't know. I just, it wasn't as, I, 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 I built a job for myself that I didn't love doing. And so this time around, I promised myself I'd be a little bit more thoughtful. And, you know, it's tough to go from one restaurant where you're there every day and you know the customers and your crew. It's fun. You work in a restaurant, you're like super tight with the crew. You know, yeah. you have a great time. Um, so I'm thinking about opening another restaurant. I've been looking. I was talking to a couple of landlords. Um but I'm not 100% yet that I'm, I want to pull that trigger. To all your new restaurants, you normally just look in New York and L.A. specifically? Or how is this? No, I, I, you know, shit, shit, I didn't plan on having a restaurant in L.A. Um, until I moved out here. You know, I lived out here years ago, and I, and I, I love L.A. Um, so, you know, and I live here, and I've got a beautiful little house here. Um, and this is home base now, so it made sense for me to have a restaurant here. But I'm I'm partnered with a restaurant um, with a chef, uh, one of my dear friends, a chef up in uh, Oakland, and we've got we've got a couple little restaurants up there that uh, we opened together, um, uh, called Itani Ramen and um, Yonsei Hanroll. And Yonsei Hanroll is actually doing doing really well. We just opened it this year, so. It's. I love the. I love the opportunity to travel. I'm work, I'm actually working on a thing in Vegas with with a, with another friend of mine. I like partnering with people that are, that are that are in, in, you know people that in, that are fun to work with. Yeah. And as you get older, you get family. There's no time to spend with your friends. Uh, you you know you don't have time to hang out and having a business with people that you enjoy spending time with is a great excuse for me to spend time with them and learn together and do cool shit and get to hang out. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like ever, to, uh, you know. You ever come to Texas? So the last time I was in Texas was in, well, I was in Austin. Um, we did Rogan yet. And when I did Rogan, I haven't been back since then. 
Um, so where was the barbecue man. joint you talked? To, you went to uh, the Terry Blacks. Is that what's called? That's I did go to Terry Blacks. I went to Love Barbecue. Um, Interstellar was on my list, but I didn't make it. Interstellar is phenomenal. Uh, yeah, there's so many great spots, man. <laughs> it's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, we got some good spots just here in in the in the Houston area, Houston Heights area. Uh, but I know yeah. that. Uh, Last time I was in Austin, well, I was in Round Rock. I went to the Salt Lick, the smaller one. Uh, yeah. Man, like I said, but dude, you can't beat it, man. I, I just Salt Lick is so cool when you see that giant fire and the, you know, it's a cool spot. <clears throat> yeah. It's a cool spot. But I just, the problem with, with that, with, with you guys and your, and your barbecue is that it just ruins you. Like, <laughs> you know, you go and get brisket at a place out here. Although, it's kind of like pizza in LA. Like pizza in LA used to not be great, and now there's a bunch of great spots, and there are some great barbecue spots. There are a couple people doing really good barbecue. I think the thing that you guys have going on though is you guys have the clientele also, because barbecue is so much about like it's a, yeah. the time it takes to get from the grill to your hand. You know, it's like comes off the smoker, goes right in your hand, and it's delicious. Yep. Yeah, and you need a line of people ready to to eat it right then. Yeah, to yeah. get it great. So that's a that's a, that's a challenge we have. Out yeah, here. I mean Texas is obviously known for barbecue and brisket specifically. Um, one thing I've noticed traveling around the country is tri-tip is huge mm. outside of the state of Texas. Really? Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like their brisket almost. Hmm. Yeah, but I think of tri-tip more like a you know they don't serve it like slow cooked that like like yeah, a brisket no, it's where it's cooked for. Yeah, it's a fat more like a grill than a barbecue traditional. Um, they got Kansas City ribs, which are, you know, Kansas City. Those ribs are delicious. But I still think the, I think the chicken and the, even the ribs in Texas, you guys just know how to barbecue. It's just the thing you do, you know? <laughs> guys sit around drinking beer and, you know, yeah. and killing, killing beef. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Dude, you ain't lying. Yeah. You, you, you eat any uh, exotic animals? Have I eat? I've I, I've had a little antelope here and there, um, and I've traveled around the world to, to to eat some. You know, I've been to Japan, and Italy, and eaten some little horse, but uh, not a lot of crazy. Um, some kangaroo, some alligator. Um, you ate horse? Oh yeah, absolutely. The I, they have a lot meat? of raw horse. I had a lot of raw horse in in Japan, and I ate a lot of. Um, they've got a lot of. They've got like special horse butchers in Italy. A lot of horse charcuterie. It's. I mean, you know, the thing about the thing about all those animals is there's a reason that people eat pigs, chickens and cows. Right. And and then lamb. And that's like in that order or something like that. It's like we eat the most pigs because they're the most delicious. And then we eat the chickens. It's like between the price to 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 grow them versus the the, the deliciousness factor, you know, when people ask me, they're like, oh, I went to this great goat restaurant. Do you like goat? I'm like, yeah, I like goat. I've had some very delicious goat, but there's a reason that in every country where they can either afford to or have the like, you know, the, 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 the pasture land or for whatever reason, they're able to eat something other than goat. They don't eat goat. They eat all the other stuff first. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's like zebra's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's, but, it, but it ain't chicken because if it was chicken, we'd be eating zebra every single day. <laughs> that's, that's, a good, that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I never eat. I never eat zebra. Most, so I can't really speak. Most goat restaurants that, that fail, they're pretty bad. <laughs> hey! <laughs> uh, don't clap for him. Don't clap. That was a. That was a. That was a phenomenal. That was a phenomenal. <laughs> hey, if you ever get a chance to eat some Neil guy, make sure to try that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell dude, me about so, it. So Neil guy is, is from the antelope family. These are, 
you have to look them up. They're 500 pound animals. Uh, so the company I work for, the owner of mine has a lease down in uh, South Texas, and you you chase them like you chase them in these trucks with freaking you you drinking on the back of these things, and you chase them. It's like safari style. And then, uh, but man, they're huge animals. They look like you just a, run them over. Do you no, 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 no. <laughs> jump out and no, these things. Or? No, you got you got to shoot them on the run. They run like thirty miles them. an hour. So they're they're really huge. yes. They're they got big lung capacity, so they can run forever. And so wow. uh, we do that. But man, the the meat is phenomenal. Man, some of the best. Like during during twenty twenty is when I killed the one I had, and I got like four boxes of meat, like almost three hundred something pounds of meat between everything I got. And uh, so I cooked a lot of that during quarantine. Man, I tell you what, it's that's the best. That's better than any beef I've ever ate. I'm excited to try some Neil Guy. Although I don't even know where I would go about finding myself. Yeah, you could. Uh, uh, yeah, just look. You look it up. I'm sure you could find some spots. I know exotic heard, butcher shops. Yeah, it. they. It, man, I tell you what, it's it's delicious, man. I'm telling you, it's it's a very lean meat. But I did that when I cooked the stew with the when the roast. I cut it up. It looked like high grade tuna. Cause it's so lean, really. But hmm. I actually I used my instant pot to cook it down a little bit to make it a little tender before I made the stew because of how lean it was. But dude, so a little it, pressure cooker action. I yeah. did that to like I did that after I browned it a little bit, put it in there, and cooked it down in there for a while to help help break it down some. Because I was like I was I was worried about if I cooked it normal stew, one of the potatoes would have been mush by then. But uh, that kind of helped the process. But man, I tell you what, you got you got to try some of that. You know what you're doing. Yeah, hey, you're man. cooking. You're cooking. Yeah, the air traffic control is the hardest part, man. When to put the potatoes in? Yep, that's it. That's tough, man. My my dad taught me a lot about cooking, man. But I still call him. Hey, man, I'm doing this. What'd you think? And he'll kind of walk me. Where'd he play. grow up? Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. Great cooks. Yeah. Man. Great cuisine. Yeah. Yeah. You ever cooked any Cajun food? A little bit, a little bit. You know, I spent I spent a good amount of time down in um down in Louisiana and uh, what parts? You know, for, uh, mostly New Orleans. I mean, I okay. drove I've driven all the way yep. through the state, so I've been I've been I've been across, but most yep. of my time has been spent in New Orleans. But um, you know, it's like one of the places in the in the country as a young aspiring cook. Yeah, that's like there's a lot you of know, culture down there. It's one of the places that has a really really strong unique cuisine of, of one of the one of the kind of like cuisines that the whole world knows right? yeah and amazing and it's got a culture of great cooks right like yeah. you, you're their musician or a cook or, or you're <laughs> i don't know or an oil tycoon those are your three choices yeah <laughs> so they gotta they have, they have a cook i don't know if you're uh familiar with I have a buddy of mine that's actually a uh he started on youtube uh his name was cajun ninja i don't know if you heard his name the cajun ninja so uh, you got a so you, you said you have a cookbook collection. I'm gonna send you his new cookbook. I got I got an extra one of his. I'm gonna get that to you to add to your collection. But man, I tell you what, he he's got a big follow. He's got like a million something followers on Facebook. He's got a big YouTube following. He makes like he just started making like he always did things, and then he made a gumbo, yeah. and it went viral. Like him wow. showing him cooking his gumbo, and his claim to like his little thing that's cool. He puts his, you know, his cutting board down. He has his holy trinity as far as the celery, bell pepper, onions, green onion. Yep. And so mm-hmm. he he he's a taekwondo black belt as well. So he karate chops it and it <laughs> it cuts to like all the stuffs diced up. 
<laughs> so that's kind of like his little thing. That's his thing. Yeah. So, uh, but he has a cookbook came out. So I'm, I'm gonna get you a copy of that so you can check it out. But man, he's got some really great Cajun. He's he's from South Louisiana, so got a good I following, personality guy, and uh, he's pretty cool, man. Good guy, great cook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great cook. I like gumbo. You can't get tasso. I don't think we use tasso for that. You can't get tasso out here. In yeah, California. I don't. I don't, I don't put tasso in there. I, I use more tasso. Uh, and when I cook down like white beans and stuff like that, it's a good flavor. For really? That. Yeah. I don't even know what tasso is. That, instead, of, instead of like a ham hock, I'd use tasso. But like growing gotcha. up, my, my grandma would have it. We would cut it up and eat it just as a snack. I mean, that's just, you can get it at the store yeah. here in Texas. Uh, tasso is like a, it's like a, it's like a cured, cured meat, pork yeah, product. Yeah. 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 Okay. Salt, yeah. like a salt cured pork product, but it's yeah, got a really got distinct kind of like herby yeah. flavor. Mm-hmm. You could do a lot of Dusty stuff with herby it. flavor. Yeah. Hmm. See, I learn something new every day in the in the chef game. Yeah. Hey, man, yeah, there's, man. A, there's a lot to learn, man. Uh, but, yeah, I was, I was curious if you did any Cajun food because, like I said, that's just something that, one, I've done my whole life. Uh, but I try to cook all kind of things. But it's kind of what we were. Yeah, we made, we had a jambalaya meatball that was pretty popular at the meatball, at the, at the meatball shop. That was, that, was a, um, that was our nod to something southern. But it was uh, – it was not the most popular meatball. I thought it was delicious. <laughs> can you it was still not order, the most popular. Can you order your meatballs online? Oh, yeah. You can get them from... Um, oh, hold on a second. Come inside. Sorry. Sorry my, my wife is... Uh, baby, I'm just, I'm just... We're just... We're chatting. I mean, I'm, it's a, I'm recording for a podcast, but... Yeah, you have to be, you have to be silent. <laughs> Tell the dog not to bark. Um, we... Um, <laughs> What was the question? I was talking about your meatballs. You can, you can get them. You yeah. can get them shipped. Oh, yeah. You can get them on Gold Belly. You know, Gold Belly is pretty cool. They got okay. a bunch of different restaurants. You can get Franklin Barbecue on Gold Belly. You can get a whole brisket. Okay. They, that's a cool company. They get like, go to a bunch of restaurants and get, you know, they, they, and, and ship their, their like, you know, signature dishes around the country. It's pretty cool. Okay. But um, you could get the Meatball Shop cookbooks. The truth of the matter is the meatball, you know, meatballs are pretty simple to make. Like, just, you should, you know, people should make their own meatballs. You use the cookbook. Or if, the reality is if you go on Google and, you know, search for Daniel Holzman meatballs, you probably find the recipes for free. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not going to, you know, I get like three bucks a book. It's not really <laughs> going to make or break me. <laughs> it's not going to be the thing. I would rather you guys cook than <laughs> makes me happy. Man, I'd <laughs> That that's, goes to show how much you do love cooking if you're willing to give away profit for people to cook. I do love to cook. He loves it. Yeah, oh. man. It's, uh, I think, and I also, more importantly, I like, to, I like to know, you know, the more people are out there cooking, the better it is for all of us. It's like, you know, good ingredients are expensive because they're rare, and then the more people that use them, the more the... More the the farmers are incentivized to grow them, and then the more abundant they are, and the less the, the less less expensive they become. And it's just the more people are into it, the better it is for everybody. Like, good olive oil has got an expert. Fish is the pits, man. That's the one that really kills me. Like, you travel around to these third world countries, and they got these extraordinary fish markets with incredible diversity of beautiful seafood that's like fresh. Yeah. And in America, you know, you go to the supermarket, and man, the truth of the matter is, there's a lot of of subpar product in the supermarket and it's a bummer because i love cooking fish yeah so I've been the more people cook kit. fish the better for us salmon's the best yeah. because it's available everybody loves I it love right and so, and so you can get fresh salmon almost anywhere yeah yeah i love salmon too how do you cook it man i usually so you know what i did my last time was i i, I made like a little like a orange marmalade soy like mix mm-hmm. and i uh i actually basted it with there and i actually did it in the air fryer 
And Ooh. so it kind of kind of chars a little bit on the outside mm-hmm. on the top, and man, it actually man, it cooked it well. I would just baste it every once in a while with the with the sauce, and uh, it was easy. Like you know, get it, it stays hot, and I can just I can regulate it, get it to my temperature. I check my temp, and then pull it out. Salmon's really fatty fish, so you know, yeah. fat. When you eat something and it's like moist, it's mostly fat. It's not like water that's making it moist. Like if right. you think about it, like you can, you know. Like chicken, the chicken, the chicken and chicken soup that's so dry. Like that's moist, it's wet. Yeah. Now, chicken's wet, but it still tastes dry. Because yeah. it's, it's the fat that makes stuff taste moist. Yeah. Um, that's why you have mayonnaise to tuna salad or chicken salad. Um, and, uh, and salmon's got a lot of fat. You can see those white lines, that intramuscular fat, almost like a, like a prime beef ribeye like or marbled, something yeah. like that. And so it gets super moist and it's really, ver- and it's, it's forgiving because of that. Like other fish, you know, if you overcook it, it's just tastes like dried dust and yeah. and salmon steak but so i you know salmon's a great one salmon's a great a great one i you know i like to broil i like to broil my salmon yeah i've done that too same thing as the same thing as the, as the air fryer that's, it just gives it that little bit of that's crust. why yeah that's why i did the air fryer just because i was like man yeah. it's one it's simple and uh you get some instant little char on the uh, on the edges which is always nice on salmon i gotta get myself an air fryer my wife's been talking about. It. I just don't have that much counter space, you know. We're not in Texas here, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I only got so much space. We got big homes here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got it. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? The uh, the sous vide. So is it boiling? So meat? as I said, don't don't don't, answer, don't entertain <laughs> no. this asshole. With this. No, what what I was gonna like? Look, you know, I worked in some fancy restaurants along the way, and I have a sous vide machine, and I've gotten I'm I'm down to Kravax. Actually, I do my turkey almost every year that way. It's one of the best ways. You take the turkey breast, mm-hmm. and you know, sous vide means like cooking it under in a vacuum. They call it, but like you know, you cook it in a in a in a warm bath that's just the right temperature. I use rather than buying the expensive bags, you could just double Ziploc bag that's it. What I do. You know, I'll take a freezer bag works great um i think it's a great tool for a lot of different things but as i said in the beginning like i like to cook a steak right on the fire it's fun for me i love that like visceral experience of mm-hmm. the direct fire cooking or or offset smoke but sous vide is great man it's it's super convenient if you've got to do like i love it for thanksgiving because my mom is always arguing over using the oven for cooking the pies you know, and then everybody got their leftovers. They want to. They're like, someone brings their shitty mushroom casserole, and they want to put it in the <laughs> oven. And you're like, yo, man, I'm trying to cook my turkey here. So I'm like, I just gave up on using the oven for turkey because I'm like, I'm the chef. I'll figure it out. And so I, I, I think that sous vide is great. And and if you, I've also, you know, a big piece of meat, like a thin steak. Come on. But a big, thick piece of meat, yeah. it's challenging to get that temperature right. And it takes a long time. You got to cook it low and slow, and then you got to let it rest for a long time. That's a challenging thing to do. And the sous vide can get you there a lot faster. So I think it has its place. Yeah. It's just like not for everything. It's like not the penalty. Do, like if you want to boil your meat, you sous vide. He's such a jerk. Dude, I make some great I make some great fillets, and then I hammer them at the end on my cast iron. And dude, I'm telling yeah. you, they are money. Are saying, you just you're just you hate the sous vide? But I don't know. No, you know I'm not a sous vide hater. Yeah, I'm not. He but, cooks with an easy bake oven. But, he cooks, you, he's a pellet grill. You know what I'm tired. You know what I'm tired of hearing about from from the sous vide cr- uh, crowd is I'm a big steak guy. I love steaks. I always hear, oh yeah, if you sous vide them, it's the best steak you'll ever have. I I, I completely disagree that that's the best steak you'll ever have if you boil it in water. Completely disagree. Yeah, and right. I and I don't think people that actually sous vide steaks 
really believe that, but they bought the contraption. And I didn't buy mine. I have it was mom's gift. Okay, but they but most normal people <laughs> buy the contraption, and they really want to make sure that they have the positive affirmation that it makes sense to uh, as to have it. I have a good. My brother, um, my brother uses his immersion circulator. I went in his. He's got a kiddie pool, and he had the he had this immersion circulator stuck in there, heating it. And the kids were <laughs> the kids were all swimming in there. I looked, and I was like. I'm pretty sure if that thing falls in the water, you're gonna have a, not gonna be <laughs> not gonna be good for the kids, but pretty great, pretty great use. I was like, this is a great use for an immersion circulator. It's funny. Hey, so we kids. got a, I got a new segment here uh, sponsored by our our uh, podcast sponsor, Good Ranchers. This is actually a question Vaughn usually asks: if if you could uh, eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? And, it, and there's some there's some caveats to this. Okay. It has to be one meal for the rest of your life. It can't change. So you can't say burritos because you can get to mm. multiple types. It has to be the exact <laughs> same thing, breakfast, lunch, and dinner the rest of your life. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. For the rest of my life. Well, you could choose a food that would shorten your lifespan which would uh, which could make it more, could this, make it more pleasurable. This is thinking outside of the box. Just, this is what I love. That's the first time. One meal that. for the yeah, like uranium would be my, my one and only meal for the rest of my life. Okay, I got to take that one out of the questioning. Uranium is uranium's not edible. Um, I think that um, shucks, I'd have a you know I can eat steak breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I really can. I can eat a I can eat a ribeye steak breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I come home sometimes and I put a. I have a I have a tendency I have great great ribeye steaks in the in the freezer and I'll throw them right under the broiler just from frozen and it just grills perfectly with the crust is delicious and I'll I'll eat those for breakfast like when my wife's out of town you know and so there's no one to judge me I'll I'll eat a steak for breakfast I will you know I would I would I would normally say I'd say I'd eat chicken parmesan and cookies and cream ice cream that would be my meal it would be chicken parmesan then cookies and cream ice cream oh, but yes. the reality is I think if I actually if it really came down to it. I'd eat steak every day for the rest of my life. Uh-huh. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's a great, it's a great way to be. What about uh, you're on death row? Tonight's your night. Your final meal. What is it? That would be the chick- chicken parmesan, cookies and cream, ice cream. Is Hands there a certain down. chicken parmesan, or is it your chicken parmesan? <sighs> death row. I've done something really, really terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you're, and you're not allowed to have an <laughs> oven, so don't say your own. Oh, there you go. Yeah. We're not trying to give yeah. you some rights before you die. He'll go to Gold Where's Belly. Where's the best? Go to Gold Belly. Yeah, Gold Belly. Gold Belly. Get my get my own. <laughs> <laughs> Call him up. Yeah, man. Wow. What? How? 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 How great? How great would that be? One last meal. You get to choose. Most of us don't get to choose. You know. Yeah, it's a surprise. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. that's true. That's true. Uh, I lo- Dude, that's a great way to look at things. Uh, hey, you're really thinking outside the box here. Very positive. Very positive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so uh, real quick, man, just so we can, uh, we're getting close to wrapping this up for you, man. Like, so how was the how was the rog- how the Rogan thing come about? Because like one that for me, I, I learned about you, which is awesome. You know, we're here with you now from that. I um my partner uh, Matt Robart, who's the my writing partner in the Food IQ, he um. He was like, yo, man, why don't you go on Joe Rogan and help us, uh, you know, sell this book? And I was like, you know, we had a bunch of stuff in common because I've wrestled jujitsu. And, um, you know, he was like, why don't we, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't know him. I was like, I don't know that guy. And so he, uh, he reached out to him 
and was and it was so great because he was just like, hey man, you know my partner has got this book. We wrote this book, um, and uh, he's a black belt in jujitsu. He's the, you know blah blah blah, and he's got a couple friends in common. And the, he just sent him a message back. Said, yeah, that sounds great. When do you want to come on? Holy I was crap. like, I, it was really really amazing. <laughs> you know the guy's like so down to he's both you know he's like he's hard to get to because there's a bunch of wackos that are just crazy fans that are just yep. down to like tackle him so yep. he's just yeah. got surrounded by like he's surrounded by like you know special forces dudes oh, actually yeah. like surrounded by special forces dudes but um but he's very down to it's just such a straightforward nice guy so yeah. your did your friend know him prior to or your no i think that he you know my 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 is my writing partner he um he uh he he's the editor of a of a of a, like a food magazine. And so I think that he had connection to him through that. And so okay. he knew, you know, had his contact maybe through his publicity company or something was able to, um, able to connect with him. Well, what a huge honor to do that. That's pretty yeah. cool. Man, it was unbelievable, man. You, so people are, man, he, his fans are just so, so supportive, you know? So, so I listened great. to you, like I said, I, I heard you that the day that one came out, I listened to, then I actually, yesterday I re-listened to your episode just to, catch up on some stuff that i i heard uh just to hear it again man but it was, it was a great episode like i said i really wasn't i was intrigued with it not knowing you from from before and uh it was cool that we connected after i got your book and stuff like that so you know and you're here today with us it's pretty sweet yeah we're not as big as joe rogan but i tell you what we're funnier <laughs> we're coming yeah there's and there's two there's twosies uh yeah double the um I, the only thing that makes me sad is that we're not able to hang out. That, yeah. This is like, you know, it's, this is great that we can do a computerized yeah. yep. virtual communication, but it'd be nice to be able to sit around and eat a steak and, and have the conversation. Dude, it'd be I mean, nice to have a, have a meal. I mean, we, we, yeah. we, we're not confined to this here studio. Yeah. We can always we come can out. We can fly anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever you I love want it. us hey, to go. We're, we're going we're gonna to have to plan a trip to L.A. soon anyway. We need to bring our wives there, but uh, if we do, I'll hit you up. We'll come, we'll come try out Danny Boy's. And we got to go to Huntington Beach, and that's not too too far. Yep. not too far at all. I would love to. I'd love to buy you guys a slice of pizza. That make need, me very happy. Man, I, I need to do that. I need to. Uh, I, I know you got some merch on your Danny Boys uh, on your website as well. I need to check that out. I like that that hat you have. It's pretty sweet. I love that hat, man. We sell so many of those hats. It's unbelievable. Although, although I don't know how long that's gonna last. I just gotta. I don't even know if I should say this. I can't say this. Okay, yeah, I can't say it. I better. <laughs> So you're saying, I I should, got, you're saying I should buy one? You better get. get I think you quick. better buy that hat like right yeah, now. We won't gonna tell anybody. Andy's got a Andy's got a chain with a with a diamond encrusted pizza. Oh, this this, this thing is for real, dude. dude I, that this thing is great. Man. That that's not going anywhere. I love, I love that. that. that diamonds, <laughs> diamonds and rubies. <laughs> I love that. You're like a ninja turtle. Yeah. Yo, so how about this? If you you'll send me your ninja your ninja cookbook. Uh, and I'll send you Cajun Ninja Cookbook, and I'll send you my um, I'll send you uh, a couple hats, and we'll we'll call it square. Let's do it. Yeah, I would love that. I'll, uh, I love I'll that. message you after this. I'll get your thing. Yeah, I want I want you to have that cookbook, man. I want you to add it to your to your deal. Uh, It'll be up on the shelf. Yeah, he's a super cool dude, and uh, I think if you uh, he his gumbo is one of my favorites. So it'd be a good one for you. You try it one day if you ever want to try it. And I'll give you feedback because that's my favorite thing to do. Yeah, I love the gumbo. Love that. Good man. Well, we appreciate it. It's been yeah. an hour, dude. This this actually flew by, man. We appreciate you taking the time out for us. For sure. I um, thank my wife. She's waiting to have dinner. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is she cooking? <laughs> no, we're going out. It's going to be fun. Oh, nice. I got. I really appreciate you guys having me on. 
Very cool. Absolutely. Yeah, man. This Very is cool. this is gonna drop next uh next Tuesday. So like I said, once we once we do that, I'll have a I'll I'll message you. I'll tag you on socials when we get this going. And you'll see it. And so uh, if you if you want to share it, uh, please do, man. We'll we'll get everything going. It'll be live. I absolutely will. Hundred yep. percent. But yeah, man. Chef Daniel Holzman, we appreciate you uh, jumping on the Dale Not Dale podcast. Absolutely, we're honored. Gentlemen, Dale, not Dale. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) Absolutely. Have a good one. Later, dude. Bye. Be well, guys.